Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. Psalms 51 and 7 says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. If you're not familiar with the scripture, it was when David had sinned with Bathsheba and found out that God knew. And this was a psalm of repentance coming before God. Amen. He said, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray, dear God, that you will touch. Help us, Lord. Help me, dear God. Touch me, dear Lord. Touch this congregation. Touch those of us that are here right now. Move, I pray, in your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. I climbed up to the edge of Brother Soto's roof yesterday. Out, somewhat out of the blue, water began to pour out from their ceiling in their bedroom and right over the bed, soaked everything, just began to pour out. And they called the owner and they said, well, the roof's leaking. And so I climbed up on the roof and I told them, and we come to the conclusion it probably wasn't the roof. And we were able to locate a pipe through there that had we suspected had busted, and uh, and there's a lot of feedback on this thing. I don't know what's going on, but uh, anyway, so I climbed up on the roof there, and uh, or I just climbed up to the edge, and I looked over onto the roof, and there was no water there. There was no leak from the roof. The problem, like I said, was a pipe that had <clears throat> burst inside, which y'all understand y'all got that fixed yesterday, I think, Brother Soto. That's right, y'all got that fixed? All right, did they have to tear the ceiling out? Yeah, I figured so, amen. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. It, it was leaking pretty good. We turned it, tried to get it turned off so it wouldn't leak, and 
I don't think that quite worked. But anyway, as I got up there, I, I had a little bit of a deja vu or, or, or a flashback, if you will, looking at that roof because, Brother Rick, it looked just like the roof that we have or we used to have on the old church across the street. It, was, uh, it, was, it had a little valley on one side, a little valley on the other side. Had a, a, a little bit of a peak here, and the water all run down through those little valleys, and, and, uh, and then there was a parapet around it. And it's just a really good setup because it gives all kinds of places for leaks to develop. And, uh, and uh, the, the roll roofing will crack, and the, the sealant along the edges will crack. And, and you can guarantee if you have a heavy rain, you're going to have a leak somewhere or several somewheres. And so, Brother Rick will remember us getting up there a variety of times. Amen. I don't know if it was yearly, but it seemed that way. We would get some emulsion, some sealer, uh, a roof tar, if you will. And, and uh, we would take it up there on the roof. And then we would usually, what we would do is we would buy, seems like a cheap broom or something like that. And we would start to apply that to every place on the roof that could possibly leak, and, and we missed a variety of them, and it leaked anyway, amen, and I was so upset whenever that hailstorm came through, and I'm not upset anymore, <laughs> amen, God bless us in that building, but it was time to move on, amen, but the thing about it is, is that emulsion, that, that tar, that, that Thank the Lord we don't have to apply to this metal roof. Amen. That tar that is no good unless you have something to apply it with. Amen. In our case, it was a cheap broom or plastic trowel. Let me let me tell you all something about the applicators that we would use up there and, and just about everything else. I'm, I, I ruined a variety of pants, shirts. Uh, and uh, and shoes, uh, putting that junk on, amen. And when I would get up there, I'd make sure I got something I was willing and ready to throw away because I knew it was probably going to go in the trash after we got done with that. And uh, and then we would use the old plastic uh, trowels that you buy at Ace or Home Depot, and then we'd throw them away. And and uh, and every year we'd go back up, Brother Rick. There'd be still be a a five gallon can or two up on top of the roof from the year before, and it had about that much in it. It was hard as a rock; you couldn't use it. Amen. But uh, all the memories. But so I was I was thinking about that. They were useless. All of that. Everything. In fact, everything is put on a wall. Amen. Texture, paint, stucco. You got to have some sort of tool that applies it to the to the surface that you're putting it on. The other night, this is weird, sometimes I have strange thoughts that come to my mind and I'm trying to figure out what they mean, but I was drifting off to sleep and I began to hear this phrase, a two-word phrase, why hyssop, why hyssop, why hyssop, weird. It went over and over again, why hyssop, why hyssop, why hyssop. I thought I'm going to do a little research in the morning. So I got up. And I began to do a little research on hyssop. The Bible said, uh, David wrote and said, purge me with hyssop. Amen. Purge me with hyssop. And I began to study a little bit about this, this, this word that nobody hardly ever pays any attention to. And, um, 
and, and probably don't know a whole lot about, but it is a, a very common, or at least it was, a common plant in the Middle East. And, uh, and it, it was undoubtedly common enough uh, that it was readily available whenever it was needed. Just like at the Passover, the time of the Passover when the people of Israel were in Egypt, the Hebrew children were in Egypt, uh, and God told them, and I've preached on this a lot recently, talked about it, I believe God told them, said, you take a lamb, you kill the lamb, you eat the lamb, you take the blood of the lamb, amen, and you put it in a basin or a bowl, and you go to the door of the house that you live in, and he said, take a bunch, ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel or the, 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 the header of the door and the two side posts with the blood of the basin that is in the basin, and she shall not, none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. It was also used in the purification of houses and of people. Numbers 15, 19 and 18. And a clean person, person shall take hyssop and dip it in water and sprinkle it upon the tent, upon all the vessels, upon the persons that were there. Amen. Upon him that touched a bowl or one slain or one dead or a grave. In other words, it was a purification of those sort of things. It was used in the dedication of the book of the law. Hebrews 9 and 19 says, For the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. Amen. We'll find, I got to noticing as I began to study about this plant. It's a, uh, it's not a, it's just kind of a, a small bushy plant. Sometimes they have some nice purple blooms, uh, but for the most part, it's a nondescript plant. Uh, amen. And it has some medicinal qualities, uh, or they believed, and some people ate it to a certain extent. It was aromatic, but it wasn't what you would call a tremendously significant plant. It wasn't like a rose. It didn't look like an orchid. It didn't have the blooming of a of a bougainvillea or a lot of the things we see. It was just a plant that grew out of the wall or by the roadside. But the thing that made it special or the thing or the significance of this plant was that God had chosen it as an applicator, amen, of the blood and of the water and so on. It wasn't expensive. In fact, it, it didn't cost anything. You just picked it from the door uh, roadside. It was not rare. It was all over the place. Uh, as I said, it was a small, nondescript uh, plant. Uh, but God said, uh, whenever you cleanse uh, someone or you, or you, you, um, or, or you put the blood on the lintel upon the doorpost, uh, you need to take a bunch of hyssop and do it. Like, what does that matter? Amen. Well, let me tell you something. I, I, I know that we tend, and as, as our society, as time has went on, has become more and more casual. Amen. It's become more and more lackadaisical about things. I, I, uh, I, I, I and I mean, I'm not, I'm not, whatever you wear and everything, but I, I've noticed that, that when people, 
Like for, you know, people go to church and, and, uh, and, and they don't go to church uh, Sunday, go to meeting clothes as much anymore. And, uh, and folks, you know, they're just really casual. And I, sometimes I'm like, man, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm in the habit of wearing a suit and tie and everything. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. But, uh, but, but our society's gotten a lot more casual about the way they operate, how they do things. And, and we're not as, we're not as, uh, it's just the way society is. We're casual. That's the way we are. And, and, uh, and, and, and a lot of things that we do, we don't place the emphasis on, on the value of things like we used to do. You know, when you get out into the, into the, um, into, uh, I, I, it's not here, but some places, it's not a big deal to put your hand over your heart or take your ha- hat off your head whenever they salute the flag and stuff like that. You get here, and I, we were at a, a little ceremony the other day with a whole bunch of kids, and, uh, and I saw people, they're pulling their, their, their hats off their head. They're pulling the hats off the kids' head. Amen. I appreciate that. But a lot of times we're kind of casual. And because we're casual and, 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 and don't put much emphasis on things and details are not a big thing and we don't care that much about all that stuff, and, 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 and we tend to apply that to God. Amen. Well, God doesn't care about this sort of thing. I talked about the brown M&Ms and and the Van Halen band the other day and talking about details because the truth of the matter is is God does care about details. God is concerned. The Bible says says this, it's easier, it is easier, amen, for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. Amen. The grass withereth, amen, Isaiah 40 and 8, and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. God said this is the way it is. Uh, The word of God, uh, amen, is forever settled in heaven. And God means what he said. I want you to understand that God means what he says. Uh, God doesn't lie. God is yea and amen. Uh, Amen. Whenever God says this is the way it is, that's the way it is. Uh, When God makes a promise, uh, he keeps a promise. Uh, Amen. And so this is the way it is. And so I have a feeling, and some of you may disagree with me, and that's all right. Amen. It may seem strange, but I tend to believe uh, that when the people of Israel had decided to kill the lamb, uh, do all the things that were commanded, but decided instead, amen, taking the blood, put it in a bowl, but decided instead of using hyssop, they would use some pumpus grass uh, or branches of a fig tree uh, or bulrushes from the Nile to apply the blood, I believe God would have said, that's not what I said to do. Amen. There's a way to do it. This is the way I want it done. And you say, oh, God's not that way. Yeah, God is that way. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. We understand the concept and we believe hard in the grace of God. We understand that God is merciful. We understand that his mercy is renewed every day and his mercy endureth forever. And we understand that there are situations where the Bible tells 
us that. If you sin, you have an advocate with the uh, Father. Little children, I'd rather not you sin. But if you do, you've got an advocate with the Father. In fact, if you say you don't sin, you lie and the truth is not in you. Uh, but if you confess your sin, uh, amen, he's faithful and just to forgive that sin and to cleanse you from all iniquity. Amen. And so we understand that God gives us grace. Amen. But the Word of God is still the Word of God. And the truth is still the truth. And we either walk in truth or we don't walk in truth. Yes, but Lord, I got to walk down the block to collect some hyssop and there's bulrushes right here. No, I said this is the way you do it. See, you need to understand, uh, amen, amen. The blood was important, but the application was important too. Amen, amen. I kept hearing that. Why hyssop? Because God commanded it. Amen. The blood was the saving ingredient. Amen. But the saving ingredient was useless without the application. Amen. You need to understand that God's grace is out there. Amen. We, we talk about the grace of God being the unmerited favor of God toward man. Amen. The grace of God is limitless. Amen. It's not unconditional, but it is limitless. Amen. It is, it is there for anyone and everyone that calls to God and comes to God. The grace of God, there is a fountain, if you will, that flows from the throne of God. Amen. The blood of the Lamb flowing to cleanse and to save from sin. It never stops flowing. There's never too little. Amen. There's never a lack of it. The grace of God that flows amen from the heart of Christ. Amen. And the power of the Holy Ghost amen is never limited. Amen. There's nothing that you or I can do that would limit the grace of God. Understand what I'm saying? Amen. No sin that you commit is too much for the grace of God. Amen. Now we know the Bible speaks of, of the uh, unforgivable uh, unforgivable sin I don't know, got my, my tongue wrapped around my eye tooth, couldn't see where I was going. Unforgivable sin, we know all of that. Talking about blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, amen, and so on. We're not talking about all that kind of stuff. What we're talking about is the fact that, 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 that sin in all of its depth of filth and perversity, and sin, amen, amen, it, it, in all of its it's vile corruption and sin, and, and we see it all the time. Sin, there's, there's nothing that the grace of God can't work with. Amen. You walk into a church. You walk into a church. You walk into the presence of God, and you think, I'm not worthy, amen, of the presence and the power of God. I'm not worthy of the grace of God. No, that's exactly right. You're not worthy of the grace of God. 
Amen. But there's nothing you've done when you come in with a repentant heart and a hunger for God that the grace of God can't deal with. Love of God, it just covered the multitude of sins. But the thing about it is, amen, is that the grace of God is of no value or no effect without the application of faith in God. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Oh, amen. There's got to be faith. There's got to be faith. And I'm not going to go into a tremendous uh, amount of that, but the grace of God is applied by faith. Before by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Romans uh, 5 and 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We understand that it is by faith that the grace of God flows. I've used this example many times, but out there, about a mile away, is a river flowing through the valley. And when the first settlers came here, I'm talking about the people way before the white man. When they came here, they realized that to have water where the ground was and the field was, they had to dig ditches. They dug ditches and through those ditches flowed water. In fact, the Union Canal that runs right through town was dug by a guy by the name of Christopher Layton, but he dug it, amen, on an old native canal that ran through the valley because they understood that to get the water from that point to this point where we've got our, 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 our farm, we got to dig a ditch where the water can flow. And you begin to understand that if you want the grace of God to flow in your life, you've got to believe the conduit of grace is faith. Amen. I'm not just talking about any belief. I'm not just talking about any faith. You can have faith in all kinds of things. Some folks have faith in their sports team. A couple years ago, people had faith that the Suns were going to win the championship. They were up by two. Joel was like, yes, they're going to win, weren't you? <laughs> Sometimes that kind of faith fails us. I had people say, whenever the presidential election, they said, I know. I know. There were some jokers even prophesied. I know that uh, Donald Trump's going to win. Well, he didn't win. They put their faith into a candidate. They don't even talk about who's right, who's wrong, or anything of that. I know the sons joke on every year. But anyway, <laughs> amen. But, but, but we, we put, you know, put our faith in things. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. Put your faith in sports teams. Put your faith in candidates. Put your faith uh, sometimes in friends. We've talked about friends. David said, my own faithful friend who I ate bread with has raised his heel against me. Amen. So we put faith in all kinds of things. But the faith 
that leadeth us to grace. Amen. It's not just any belief. The Bible speaks of the devils that said, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Amen. We read about belief. We read about that saving faith. Amen. But there are certain characteristics that are involved in it. It means to be convinced, persuaded, to entrust oneself in God. Amen. It believes to the saving of the soul. We cannot please God without faith. We must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He is precious to those who believe. If we believe, we love one another. Amen. The faith that I'm talking about, the belief I'm talking about is something that grabs a hold of God. You see a lot of easy believism today. You see a lot of stuff where people say, all I got to do is believe on the Lord. I don't have to live right. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to do anything and God's going to save me. Everything's all right. No sorry, Bob. The belief that the scripture talks about is when we get a hold of And that kind of belief, the Bible says, uh, it was imputed because he believed God. Uh, Amen. That it was imputed unto Abraham for righteousness. uh, And he was called a friend of God. What does it mean? Uh, That his account, uh, it was credited to him for his account. But there had to be faith. Amen. We talk about a lot of things. We talk about a lot of things. Amen. We talk about a lot of things. I teach. I teach. The plan of salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I teach it very clearly. I teach that we must repent. And we must be baptized in Jesus' name. And we must be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence to speak in tongues. Amen. Acts 2.38 tells us, I can go on and on and on and give you all kinds of scriptures. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Amen. Amen. When he that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. For this spake he of the Holy Ghost, which then was not yet given, because he had not yet been ascended. And, uh, and, uh, and so, on and on. I believe all of that. I believe it's all interconnected together. Amen. But I believe that whenever we believe, whenever we have that initial faith, amen, let me tell you what I believe happens. Number one, I believe that initial faith is always connected with repentance. You cannot believe on the Lord. You cannot put your faith and trust on the Lord unless you turn your back upon the world. If you think you can believe on the Lord, amen, if you think you can believe on the Lord, amen, and still walk in the path of the things of the world, that is not faith. Amen. And when we believe, there is justification that happens. You'll find that written in in Romans. Uh, There's justification that happens. Uh, Amen. I believe that the the righteousness of God is imputed unto us. Uh, Amen. The Bible tells us that. Uh, Amen. And so he puts his righteousness on him. We have not yet. uh, Amen. This hasn't been cleansed. We haven't been born again, but we've been justified. Uh, And it opens the door. It's the opportunity to step through. 
now we're justified and, and God covers us with his own righteousness because our righteousness uh, is as filthy rags uh, and he covers us uh, with his righteousness. Uh, and since no sin can approach uh, God, uh, amen, uh, amen, his righteousness covers that sin. Uh, but then we step into another situation where an application is made. The Bible says that by all, all things, almost all things, uh, amen, they, it was by the shedding of blood they were that, that all these sins uh, were remitted. The Bible tells us uh, in Hebrews, uh, amen, and then the Bible tells us, uh, amen, that the blood remits our sin, and then the Bible tells us, uh, amen, uh, Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, uh, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 24, he said that repentance and remission of sins would be preached in my name. Amen. And so when we're baptized in the precious name of Jesus, the Bible is very clear that that baptism is an application of the blood of Jesus Christ in our lives. Once again, the applicator is necessary. Faith is necessary as an applicator for justification. Amen. Baptism is necessary as an applicator for remittance of sins. Amen. And we come to the Holy Ghost. And, and I'm just moving along here. But we come to the Holy Ghost. I noticed something. And, and, and there's absolutely faith that is involved in all of this. Faith flows through everything. Faith comes through everything. Amen. We believe. We believe because we know that God is. And God is a rewarder of, of those that diligently seek him. We believe because we know that whenever we go down in the name of Jesus, that our sins are going to be remitted. We believe because we know he loves us and he's going to cleanse us of all of our sins. We believe all of that. If you don't believe that, you're losing out. Amen. You've got to get to the point. Amen. We believe we're justified. Amen. We believe. Amen. Amen. And, and then there's another applicator that is involved, and that's one called submission. I talked about faith, uh, amen, that flows through all of this. Uh, I talked about baptism, uh, but there comes a point uh, where we have to completely submit ourselves uh, to the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Stephen, when he was preaching to the folks that later stoned him, he read their mail when he said this in Acts 7 and 51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. Amen. You resist the Holy Ghost. But whenever Peter came to the house of Cornelius, he did not find a group of people that resisted the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And Cornelius told him this, God, which uh, um, I'm trying to find exactly where I am here. Amen. Cornelius said, Immediately therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast done well that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded thee of God. What happened was Cornelius began to be moved upon by God, and he submitted himself to the word of God. He committed himself uh, to the spirit of God, uh, and he heard God tell him to go and find Peter. And he said, come here. This is what he told Peter. He said, come and preach what God commands us. Amen. He was submitted.
led to the power of God. He was not resisting the power of God, but he was submitted to the word of God. And the Bible says, and God, which knoweth the hearts, uh, speaking of Cornelius uh, in Acts 15 and 8, God, which knoweth the hearts, beareth them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. Cornelius submitted himself to God. Cornelius submitted himself to the Word of God. Cornelius submitted himself, uh, amen, uh, amen, to the preaching of the Word. He submitted his heart, and Peter said, God saw his heart. He saw that submitted condition. He saw the fact that he had given himself over to God. He had believed, and God, seeing their hearts, filled them with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans says something in the 10th chapter. It says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Amen. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. God, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, and trying to establish their own righteousness, did not submit himself to the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God, the grace of God, the blood of Christ cannot come into your life and make a difference until you submit yourself and allow him to apply it to your life. Why hyssop? Why did I go to sleep thinking about hyssop? What a weird thing. I'd not even thought about it. I hadn't even read the scripture for a while. Why hyssop? Because the application matters. The application matters. Because the application matters. The, this place is flowing with grace. This place is flowing with mercy. It's flowing with the power of God. But it will do you no good unless you allow God to touch you. I've walked through service after service after service. I, I've, I've been in churches all over the land. I've seen the power of God move. And I've watched people that ev have every single need you possibly can imagine. I've watched people that need salvation. I've watched people that need healing. I've watched people who need deliverance in their life. Amen. Their life is a mess. And the power of God is flowing through there like a river. And the glory of God is being manifested in that place. But they will not allow the application of that power to move in their life. They're stubborn. They're proud. Amen. They like their sin too much. Whatever the case might be, the Bible says that Jesus came to a certain place. Amen. And there were a lot of folks there. And the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But there were many that were not healed because of their unbelief. The power was there. The power was there. The power was there. But the faith was not there. Oh, pastor, I want something from God. I need salvation. I need healing. Amen. It's here. The power of the Lord is here. Right in this room. Right now. 
GDPC, 721 uh, 7th Avenue uh, in Safford, Arizona. The power and the presence uh, and the glory of God. He's here in this place uh, to touch somebody. Uh, but somebody's got to submit themselves uh, to the hand of God uh, and believe that God uh, is going to do the work uh, and let it be applied. Oh, I feel the power of the Lord here. I feel the power of the Lord here right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can hand you a bowl of the best soup ever made. Sister Soto, some of that stuff she made. Gives you a bowl of abundance. Amen. It's good stuff. Give me a spoon. I don't want to pour it down my chin. I want to eat it like a civilized human being. Sister Soto gives me a spoon. Puts it in a bowl, gives me a spoon. I take that with, I don't remember how many tortillas I ate. I don't want to talk about it. Amen. Little lime, green onions. I can't remember what all it was. Hmm. Ah, it's good stuff. But I need that spoon. You dip it out. The power of the Lord is here. Have faith in God. God wants to touch. You gotta submit yourself to the hand of God. You gotta submit yourself to the hand of God. You gotta have faith in God. You gotta believe God can. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, we've got to believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, pastor, I need this from God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to believe that he is God. You've got to believe that he is God. You've got to believe he's got the power. You've got to believe the Holy Ghost is real. You've got to believe it can flow inside of your life. You've got to believe he can cleanse you of all your sins. And that he is a rewarder of those that diligently get a hold of a bunch of hyssop and dip it into the blood and just get it all over them. Diligently seek him. I could probably preach on diligently for a while. Sometimes we're so stinking lazy. We expect God to do all kinds of great things in our life. While we sit back and say, just pour it on me, Lord. My son-in-law used to play a game. And it was a guitar game. And I always made fun of him. I said, that's not real guitar there. What was that called? Guitar Hero. I did the real thing. He does too, but not as good as me, of course. But <laughs> You're actually does. But, um, so, he played. I remember a song. It's like, pour a little sugar on me. 
Sometimes we sit back and say, pour a little Holy Ghost on me, Lord. Get your rears out of the seat and get busy and diligently seek him. God, I need you. I'm not going to sit back here and wait for you to come and pour it all over me. I'm going to get there under the spout where the glory is being poured out. I'm going to diligently seek the power of God. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel like God wants to do something in somebody's house, somebody's life, somebody's situation. But you've got to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You've got to get yourself out of that place of casual, lackadaisical apathy and get before the throne of God. Why don't you stand with me? Oh God. Come on, let's make our way here. You need a touch of God. You need to say, I need a touch of God. You need something from God. You sit back if you want to. That's fine. You sit back. Amen. I'm going to guarantee you, God, we're not going to chase you down. But you need something from God. You begin to make your way to the front. Amen. I need the Holy Ghost. I need healing. I need a touch of God. I need a blessing. I need, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Let God begin to do it. Oh, Jesus, in your name. He shy out he carabo shondarabakaya. He carabo shondaya. Oh, I know that God is able. I know that God is able. I know that God is able. Come on, somebody. Can you get the Holy Ghost here? Somebody can get healing here. Somebody can get deliverance here. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Come on, reach out to the Lord right now. Come on, reach out to the Lord right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Touch us, Lord. Hallelujah. The power of the Lord is present in this place. If you'll begin to reach out to him right now. If you'll begin to reach out to him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill with the Holy Ghost right now. Fill with the Holy Ghost right now. Fill with the Holy Ghost right now. 
Filled with the Holy Ghost right now. Filled with the Holy Ghost right now. Touch somebody right now. Touch somebody right now. Yes. Yes, come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let God move. Let God touch you. Yes, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Luke, the fifth chapter. I mentioned this scripture earlier. So much the more went their fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and healed and to be healed by him of their infirmities. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed, and then undoubtedly he came back out, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees, doctors, of the law sitting by. 
which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. Notice this, the focus on who was there at that point. Now, I'm going to close. I'm not going to keep you much longer. The focus on who was there at that point was not on the multitudes that came together to hear, but the Pharisees and doctors of law. They were sitting there. They were gathered around him. They'd come out of Galilee, out of Judea, of Jerusalem. They were all gathered around Jesus. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. To heal who? The doctors and the Pharisees that were sitting by. But the problem with they was that they began, the Bible said, they began to reason. And while they're sitting there, thinking things out and trying to figure out if God can do it or not, trying to figure out who this guy is, they know, I believe they knew the presence and power was there. Like anybody else, they could feel the power of God in the room. But in the midst of that, while they were blocking everybody off because they were standing around listening and not doing anything, Amen. They took a bed and they tore the roof of the house off off. And they took the man and they lowered this man who was stricken with palsy down. Because they recognized the power of God was present to heal them. My mom, when she was very young, she sought the Holy Ghost, but she didn't quite figure it out. And one day when she was 12 years old, 13 years old, I guess it was, she took a good friend to the altar or to church. And they, this kid had never been in a Pentecostal church in her life. And she walked down with a friend to the altar. And my mom, who had been seeking the Holy Ghost, couldn't seem to get through. She walked down with a friend to the altar. Her friend raised her hands and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Right there. My mom looked at her. I was like, this just ain't fair. I've been trying to get the, the power of the Lord was present to feel her. She had just not submitted herself to God. She said, I got a little mad and thought if she could get the Holy Ghost, I can get the Holy Ghost too. And God filled my mom with the Holy Ghost right there in Bakersfield. Amen. Sometimes while we're sitting around trying to figure things out, somebody else just comes along with faith. And the power and the grace of God is applied, and God touches them. Amen. You can sit there and just wait for God to pour a little sugar on you. What you need to do is get up and let God have his way in your life. Amen. God is so good. Amen. God is so good. I thank you for all of you that are here. I'm going to let you go.